You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Autumn, and this is episode 61 of the Am Writing Fantasy podcast, and the women have taken over today. Jesper is away, and so today we instead have author and organizer Alexa Bigwarf, and she is joining me for a discussion on the hurdles facing women authors. So hello, Alexa. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy you could join us today. And actually, right now I'm over in Vermont, and it's a beautiful sunny day. So thank you for being inside and uh, hanging out with me. Absolutely. Well, I'm in South Carolina, where it's normally beautiful and sunny, but today it's overcast and gross. So (laughs) (laughs) that worked out for you then. (laughs) That's right. Fantastic. And so I have a little introduction so that uh, people can listening can get and feel of for who you are. And so we'll just get that out of the way so we can free up the discussion. So Alexa, you are a wife, a mother of three, a dog owner, which I'm going to have to ask what kind of dog, and an advocate for those without a voice. You are passionate about advocating for women's and children's rights and discusses these topics on your podcast, which is the same name as a series you've written, Lose the Cape. So you're also a USA Today bestselling author, and you're an editor and publisher of Lose the Cape anthology series, Sunshine After the Storm, A Survival Guide for the Grieving Mother, Ditch the Fear and Just Write It, and many other books. And if all of that isn't enough, you also run and organize the Women in Publishing Summit every year, which I took part last year and loved it, and I can't wait for it to be this year. And you also run the Write, Publish, Sell website, which is dedicated to helping authors. So I don't know how you fit all that in, really. I don't sleep much is my standard answer on that one. (laughs) I understand. I know when I first started writing and people asked how I found time to do it, I'd look at them straight with a deadpan face and say, I'm a vampire. I don't sleep. (laughs) I'm going to start using that one. That's a much better answer. (laughs) Oh, you know, it throws them off. Like They're kind of like, are you serious? (laughs) I love it. Well, you know, now that my three children are all in school for seven hours a day, like it or six, seven hours, however long they're gone. Um, it makes a big difference and I'm able to cram a lot more in. My husband swears that multi multitasking is impossible. And that is just one of the many differences between men and women, because I think women can run uh, circles around men and doing multiple things at the same time. (laughs) I highly agree, which is so, it's going to be so much fun for uh, taking over the podcast today. (laughs) We'll probably, you know, solve all the problems of the world while all style. discussing you know writing that's right that's right excellent well I'm so happy to have you here and I have to say so I'm a dog lover too um my I have a Cairn Terrier who is like a giant golden version of Toto so what kind of dog do you have so our dog Mia is a she's definitely a mix of a yellow lab and something else that could be pit could be bulldog (laughs) could be all kinds of combinations she's a mutt she was a rescue so we don't know what she is fully but she is truly the sweetest dog we have ever come across and she's a gentle giant we love her 
Yeah, that's just, I absolutely adore dogs. And that was actually sort of how I ended up with my husband. He had the cutest <laughs> dog. Oh my God. So fell in love with a dog, kept the boy. It's worked out. So, well, there you go. So there is some truth to be told to men getting puppies and taking them for walks in the park if they're looking to pick up chicks, huh? <laughs> yeah. So we're already giving dating tips to anyone out there listening. Yes. If you're trying to get together with someone, a really cute dog works wonders. <laughs> well, you know, being a writer can be such a life of solitude that maybe maybe we do need to throw out some tips for <laughs> social interaction from time to time. So that's actually probably, we could get away with a podcast of like writing or dating tips for writers because we're all introverts. So we're like, I know sometimes if my husband didn't be like, are we eating today? Are you doing anything other than taking your laptop somewhere? I'm like, oh, you're here. I didn't know you were in the house. I, exactly. I, I do the same thing though with my three children. It's generally not a good thing. So we have a rule that <laughs> oh. when I'm working, they're only allowed to come bother me if one of them is bleeding. Eating or, <laughs> or or really like truly needs my help it can't be an argument over which television show they can watch so <laughs> yeah I saw a reverse um, blog article once which I wish I could find it again if anyone is listening and knows of this one it was a family's interpretation of a mother's writing a writer mother's hand signals. <laughs> And, you know, she would hold up the one finger, which to her meant one minute. And the family's like, okay, give her five. If she holds up two fingers, it's like, give her 10, not two minutes. And if she gives you a full stop, it means do not freaking bother me right now. She is on a roll. <laughs> Go leave the house and come back into it. That is so true. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And it's just like, there's what we think we got going on. And then there's what the rest of the world realizes we really mean when we say no, not now. That is so true. Oh my gosh. So yes, if anyone knows of it, please send it to me because I've lost the link and it just cracked me up whenever I read it. It was fantastic. But anyway, so I'm so excited to have you here. And I love that you're a USA Today bestselling author. You have so much information and so many things that you're doing. But how did you start out? When were you, when were you a newbie and how did you start writing? Well, it's kind of a sad story, so I'm sorry to bring oh. anybody down here. Um, I actually, I've wanted, so the first part is not so sad. I've wanted to write since I was a little girl. I mean, I started writing my name all over my grandparents' couches and walls as soon as I could hold a pen, right? Which uh, they were not very happy about. <laughs> but, um, I love that. Um, so I, I self-illustrated I, I self and wrote my first book at the age of six called My oh. Unicorn. My mother threw it away at some point oh. in time, so not <laughs> No, a lost I manuscript. Know, but I, I always wanted to write. And I'm one of those kids who, if you go back and look through my stuff from like middle school and high school, like I have stories upon stories that I started but never quite finished. I have like index cards of, of I, I'm one of those title people. So I would just daydream titles <laughs> for days, you know, I've said like 700 wow. titles of books and stories, you know, <laughs> but um, somewhere along the line, uh, my dad was in the, in the military. We moved overseas. I totally fell in love with um, overseas stuff. And I wound up um, majoring in international studies. And then eventually I went into oh, wow. the Air Force. Um so I was doing, I was an Air Force intelligence officer and I did for, for a decade, I did technical writing and briefs and really, uh, really honed my writing, um, my writing and speaking skills through that career and then writing um, some counterterrorism 
briefings and things like that for the state of South Carolina after that I left the military. Amazing. Yeah, it, was, it was a very interesting career. Wow. Very, very interesting. I, I loved what I did. Um, like I said, 10 years total time working for um, the Air Force and for the state of South Carolina and doing really, really cool things and writing a lot of emergency plans and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. Grant writing, all of that dry, boring stuff. But it trained <laughs> me very well in technical writing. And um, I decided to, it was, it was hard working in counterterrorism. And by that point in time, we had two small children. So I decided to stay at home and um, be a stay-at-home mom because I thought that would be easier. Um, it was not. <laughs> no. <laughs> but we decided to have our third child because my husband and I are both the third of four children. And we were like, we can't stop oh. before we get to number three, obviously. Um, and when we, I went in for my first ultrasound and they found out that there were two. So we had number three oh. and four um, together. But uh, long, long story short, um, the babies were identical twins. They had they suffered from a syndrome called twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome, which is very, very deadly um, if not treated. Oh, it was very scary. And we thought both babies were going to die. We went through a lot of, lot of stuff, a lot of hospitalizations. Oh. And they were born 10 weeks early. And... Um, Karis, my surviving twin, was one pound, 10 ounces, and she spent, yeah, oh she was itty bitty. She's a little fighter. She spent three months in the NICU, and her sister, Catherine, um, just had entirely too many uh, issues, and she only stayed with us for two days before she... Oh. Yeah, it was it was very sad. So in that time frame, there's obviously a lot of stuff going on. And I started blogging as a way to deal Mm. with grief and anger and just shock and uh, awareness to tell other people about this syndrome that I felt my doctors were so poorly educated on. And, you know, all these Mm -hmm. things. So I took to blogging. And um, really found a space and place for not only helping other grieving mothers, but for helping people who didn't know how to deal with grieving mothers. Like what my the most common search term is still to this day, eight years later, uh, what do I say to someone who's just lost a baby? So I started writing oh. on those topics and, um, and I decided that I wanted to do more. By that point in time, I had... Um, really gotten into a big community of other bloggers and writers on grief. And so I reached out to a bunch of people that I knew who, who were, who were doing things, either they were setting up organizations to support grieving families, or they were blogging about it, or they were doing all these different things. And I invited, um, I think it's 34 of us total. So I I reached out to all these people and, and asked them to be a part of this project that I wanted to do, which was um, a book called Sunshine After the Storm, A Survival Guide for the Grieving Mother. And mm. it's basically like, oh, That's yeah, it was, it was a really healing project for me. So part of my mission across the years has been using writing as a tool to heal and how no matter what genre, whether it's a children's book or a nonfiction book or even a fiction book, like there's so many ways that you can use your writing to work through things in your own life to heal to all of those things. So Oh, yeah. So it, it, I became an accidental um, publisher, basically, because, you know, I just I fell in love with the process and wanted to learn everything I could possibly learn about publishing. And then we started the Lose the Cape oh. series, which is our guide oh, for um, yeah. for moms, because I was still raising children. So we did that. And like, and so now I've got more books coming out and people are coming to me. What are you doing? How are you doing this? I want to write a book. How do I do it? Oh, yeah, so fantastic. Write Publish Sell was born. My- 
<laughs> that is amazing. So yes, you're. I mean, basically, from almost before you started putting the words that became your published novel on paper, you've been helping other authors on their journey from the get go. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, through the through the blogging and then through um, basically kind of uh, so some people who were also writing on grief came to me first, and this is when I realized that that there was an opportunity for me to really help a lot of other people was because they came to me and they were like, Hey, I don't know how to get my book uh, formatted and I don't know how to do this. And I don't know how to do that. So it started off with me just kind of helping out my friends in the grief area who wanted to write and publish books too. And then, you know, word caught on. I started realizing that I, well, first of all, being a stay-at-home mom just never quite worked out for me. I, I I wanted to be doing more, like constantly. So I need I, I didn't want to leave my kids though. I still wanted that flexibility of being able to be home with them. And so I was looking uh-huh. for opportunities. And at this time, like this is when like digital the digital world was just blowing up. I mean, so all this stuff is happening, ebooks coming out, you know, all these, all these big transitions. So I was able to start looking at maybe I could be a blogger and make money through blogging. Maybe I could do this, maybe I could do that. And so I just built my business from the ground up doing a lot of different things. And, and um, eventually as I was working with these different writers, I realized that I didn't want to just help them prepare their book for publication. Like I wanted to be a publisher. So I took on that role and and we have um, Cat Biggie Press and Purple Butterfly Press and Chrysalis Press, which are nonfiction, wow. basically hybrid press, a children's book, hybrid press. And then Chrysalis is our first um, <laughs> traditional publishing house. But we have, we had to slow down. We took on way too much, way too fast. So we have stopped submissions for all of those for a while because now I'm focusing on the Women in Publishing Summit. I know I can't wait till we talk about that. But before we do, I want to, so what do you think, get into what do you think are the differences between a woman author and our count, our male counterparts? Because I know I've definitely seen some differences and it's interesting. It's so, it's kind of fun to open up that conversation and maybe some guys will get some perspective into, you know, helping their struggling female partners who want to be writers too. Yeah, you know, there's so many differences across the board from the way that we tackle our projects to our mindset issues. Like when guys in general, this is all generalizations, of course, but generally speaking, when a dude decides he's going to do something, he sits down and he does it. If a guy decides I'm going to write a vampire paranormal romance, blah, 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 shapeshifter, you know, whatever, throughout all your, I'm not a fantasy writer, so I don't <laughs> I have a hard time with the terminology. <laughs> you're doing really good. You, this might you're be your next book because you've got, you put it out really When a well. guy decides I'm going to sit down and write it, generally speaking, I'm not saying that they don't have fears and, and challenges and that, but they sit down and they do it. Whereas a woman, we're like, well, do I know enough? I don't have an MFA. I've never taken a writing class. Can I do this? Are, are people going to laugh at me? What are they going to do? Like, who am I to write? Like all these things just start going through our minds as women. So we have issues from there, you know, just in terms of, can I do this? Will I do this? But then, I mean, there's like a thousand other things, women, whether you're a mother or not, women tend to be the, the ones who take on the roles of caretakers, caregivers, planners, organizers. So we're doing all the things in our lives. We're the ones who, generally speaking, again, nobody threw rotten tomatoes at me. And you know what? There is a shift going on. Like my husband now is a stay-at-home dad. So I can't, 
you know, oh, well, wow. stay at home dad slash he works part time at my business now. But, um, okay. but, <laughs> but, you know, so, so I know that men are doing all these things as well. Yeah. But generally speaking, like we just, we approach things differently. We have different things that mm-hmm. hold us back. We have different things that hold us back in the world. Like that if you, every once in a while, I see the article come up about how many women had to um, use male pen names because that's the only way they could sell, sell books. Yes. You know, so so there are not only internal things that stop us from moving forward. There are still very definite external things happening in our world that that you know keep women from having the same level of success. And I'm not one of those you know door banger feminists like men need to die all that kind of stuff that you see <laughs> that you see some people on the far extreme <laughs> side. But I. But I do, yeah, you're right, you're right. But I do see, I do see some challenges that women have to face, and especially marginalized voices, women of color, women in any type of super minority oh, yeah. type thing. You know, there, there's a lot of challenges still out there. So, you know, it. No, yeah, I totally agree because I know, like, I think my the first question I often hear female authors asking themselves is when can I find the time? Because I agree. It seems like every woman author I know is even myself. I don't have kids. We decided not to a long time ago before we even got together. So (laughs) it worked out, but it's still, I'm the primary cook. You know, I tend to do the primary organizational things and he does the primary like maintenance things and he's fitting them in, but you're right. It's like, I'm going to go and I'm going to go do this now and then it'll be done. And then I'm going to go and do this now. And for me, it's like, well, I got to juggle this. I got to juggle this. I got to get this done. You know, it's like, I have 16 balls in the air and I'm like, can I throw up a 17th if it's about the size of a teaspoon? It's it's I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's exact. It's, I really think we struggle with trying to hold it all together and carve out that time for ourselves. It's very unusual um, from the men that I see in my life, again, so I'm just using my little um, snapshot of the world here. It's very unusual (laughs) to see a guy, when I see them want to do something, to stop and think, now wait a minute, when am I going to get the laundry done? And when am I going to get food? And do I have a menu planned? And do I have, you know, no, they're like, okay, I'm going to join the hockey team and I'm going to go play hockey or I'm going to write a book or I'm going to, you know, learn how to play the guitar or go hang out with friends or, you know, that's, they, they just, they do. And some women just do too. And it's a, it's something that I'm having to teach myself actually is that it's, if I have to focus on whatever it is, that is my priority. And if it is my priority, then I have to be willing to let other things slide. It's okay. If we eat leftovers for two days in a row, my kids don't think so, but I'm okay feeding them. <laughs> it's okay to order pizza from time to time. It's okay to let them watch movies Absolutely. while I write on a Saturday afternoon, you know? So. Oh, I love that. No, I, I totally agree. And I think that's, we, I love your lose, lose the Cape series. I hadn't seen it until I was looking up stuff, but it's, it's so true. We all think we have to do it all. We have to do it. And I've learned even in my life to be much more advocating too. I think that's one thing guys are really good at saying, I am doing this. And they state it, they go and do it. And if they don't get something done or if someone else has to pick up the slack, wherever the chips That's fall, right. they just That's go right. and do it. And women, we tend to be like, how can I fit that in? Where if it's something we're passionate about, sometimes you just have to say, I That's am right. doing this. And you're either going to have to help or it is not going to happen because I am doing this. And it's so scary sometimes. I mean, especially when you're in a relationship where you're the one who tends to pick up the other half of yeah. everything. 
But yeah, sometimes you just have to do it. And even I'm, I've hit 45 now and I'm still learning, but it's okay. And it's really funny if you've been in a relationship with somebody for a long time when you're like, er, nope, I'm not doing that anymore. Sorry. You've got to do the grocery shopping. <laughs> you've got, you know, it, it's funny as we shift roles a little bit now, um, this is a recent yeah. change for us. So we are still very much in the figuring it all out phase of him being the primary house person and you know it's still Uh in my nature to like stop work to like look at the clock and be like oh my gosh it's six o'clock we have to eat dinner and somebody's got to cook it so it must be me so you know I've had to stop and say you know what he knows where the food is you know and tell him like hey it's six o'clock I'm not ready to stop yet I have deadlines I need you to make dinner and you know we're getting better at it but it is yeah it's a it's a challenge it is. I mean, I've been with my husband. We've known each other 20 years this year and we've been married 18. And so agreed. It, we've, I mean, for any relationship to last that long, it goes through a lot of changes. There's a saying that may you have, um, I think it's one marriage, one spouse and many marriages. In other words, <laughs> right, you stay with right. the same person, but your marriage shifts and changes. And it's a, it's a wonderful terminology saying, you know what, nothing is That's ever right. the same. Everything keeps changing. You're both going right. to change. And yes, I've seen that definitely as we've grown from our 20s to our 30s and now we're hitting our 40s. And it is just interesting to see the dynamics change and me learning to be much more of an advocate and him learning to he's I still think guys sometimes they cannot if you do not tell them, by the way, this needs to be done. They don't really (laughs) figure it out. But maybe that's just all the guys I know in my life. It's like, okay, the thing sitting in the front of the middle of the room. Right. Yes. I think there's some some general truth to that. (laughs) (laughs) But I do feel uh, so I started reading with fantasy. Um, It was definitely, you know, it is my genre. It's what I'm passionate about. But I always felt very fortunate because the first author I picked up was Mm -hmm. Anne McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. So a woman. My next favorite was Mercedes Lackey. My favorite book was written by Terry Windling. And I've always loved Margaret Weiss. This is like, from the day I started reading fantasy and fell in love with it, I've had these paragon women. I didn't start with um, Tolkien or, you know, all the guys. I started with the women. And I've always, I didn't realize it at the time as a young Girl, I always joke that my mother never believed in women's lib, and I think she just didn't know what to do with huh. me when I, when I started getting my voice. She's kind of like, I don't know where you came from. <laughs> she wanted a, a daughter who would have kids and stay near home and a son who would go off and conquer the world, and she got a son that stayed home and had kids and a daughter who wanted to go off and conquer the world. So she got what she wanted, just in the wrong genders, and I'm fine with that, and she's oh, learned to live wonderful. with it. <laughs> But it's always, I've always seen all these very wonderful, Ursula K. Le Guin, I mean, all these wonderful, I can ramble off all these women names, but you're right, so many genres, women authors have either hidden their names, they're using pseudonyms or initials, and I do still see that with the young authors I work with. Uh, It's becoming more rare, which is really exciting, but even like, I think two years ago, I had someone say, you know, I don't want... I don't want my first name, you know, Joanna or something. I want to use my initials because I don't want them to yeah. know I'm a woman. I was yeah, like, it's wow. still there. 
That's it's still, still there. there. Yeah. And um, the I, I'm pretty sure now I'm just pulling this out of nowhere like most people do with statistics, <laughs> but um, I'm fairly certain it was still as late as 2018, maybe even the 2019 report that showed that book sales by either um, male names or books by men were outperforming books by women authors like tremendously. So... It would not surprise me. So, I mean, before we hit, like, nobody yeah. quote me on any of that, but I know I've seen it within the past couple years. I, I don't know if that has shifted um, since twenty since the Me Too movement, really. I mean, a lot of things have really, really taken a different turn since then. And um, that was a very, very well-timed uh, movement to happen, actually, because it happened yeah. right as I was uh, getting ready to launch my first Women in Publishing Summit three years ago. So... <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. I was like, yes, exactly. I was like, sweet. The rest of the world is on the same page as me. (laughs) That's right. We were ready for something specific, a space for women to be able to help each other. And I think we're so good. If we're, as long as we stay away from undermining each other when you, but authors are so good at not looking at other authors as competition. And I think women authors can be so helpful and supportive of each other, even more so than, you know, many other areas and places I've been and other things I've done. I think this is super true. And the fiction side, like I, I have seen fiction Mm -hmm. authors really band together really well. I love to see the authors cross promote each other. I mean, I think everybody's smart enough to know that you, that it works with people in your own genre. Like it's hard to cross promote someone who's writing something that your audience Mm -hmm. doesn't want to read. But um, I think I, I've right. seen some really great partnerships on the fiction side. I think the the nonfiction side is still a little bit different. And I think it's because I'm going to say mm. something that's probably I'm, I'm glad you have a fiction audience. So hopefully there's not a lot of nonfiction people listening to it. <laughs> so they'll be kind. Everyone I, I be kind. I don't want to say that nonfictions aren't like that. OK, the word I will choose to use is. Uh, day in and day out authors. Like fiction writers, this is what you want to do every day, all day, all the time. You write your books, you read your books, you know, all this kind of stuff. But a lot of nonfiction authors, unless they're in a series, like unless they they do autobiographies of all the presidents or something like that, where it is truly their thing, like a nonfiction author often has a a particular subject that they focus on and they write books as part of a bigger thing, right? Like I was writing my Lose the Cape books as part of a bigger um, community for mothers. Right. Uh, um, I was writing my mm-hmm. my grief books as part of a bigger thing. Like I didn't come on thinking I'm going to write a 25 part series on, you know, grieving mothers. <laughs> so, so I think what I see sometimes is that not, not, a, not that they don't want to help each other, but they don't, they haven't been raised to realize that they're not competition raised in their genre if you know what i right. mean so um it's, it's not the case at all in the grieving mothers community like everybody is 100 supportive of each other we share all each other's stuff we do everything that we can but in some other industries i think you see people get very nervous about competition and that's um kind of another one of the things that we take on is letting people know that um, you know, the expression with, with a rising tide, we all ships rise, you know? So it's, it's, if you're helping other women, if you're helping other people in your genre, if you're helping promote 
other and the reason I came to form this opinion just to let you know it's is that because mm-hmm. I I saw it in action I reached out to my network mm-hmm. and I said I have an author that's publishing a book on XYZ um we would love for you to be part of her launch team and advanced reader team and the and the answer uh-huh. that we got back was I can't do that. I have a book that's coming out. It's on a similar topic. The books were not similar at all. Like, I mean, they were in the similar genre, but like in terms of the key takeaways of the book. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So the key takeaways and everything were different enough that, and the audiences would have been different enough, but yet enough the same to support each other, you know? And it really, it really made me think that there's still a lot of people who don't, who maybe don't realize like how much better we do when we're helping each other. Um, so anyway, right. sorry, that was a long tangent that really is, but th- so, <laughs> so I just, I just want to put that out there to say that like, they're really, they're really, you made the comment that there is not a lot of competition in books. And I really truly agree that there is not competition in books. And the reason I say that is because I'm a voracious reader and I know my reading habits. Mm-hmm. And I right now am on a huge World War II badass females kick, oh, wow. right? So any right, anything nice. about stories of women who just did incredible crap in World War II is on my I will read everything out there. I don't care if the storylines are similar. I don't care. Like I want to read it all. And I think that's how many readers are. They they want everything, right? So by being able to share about other writers who who write in similar similar types of things, you're able to say, hey, I don't have anything new for you, but if you like my stuff, you're going to love these books and keep them entertained until your next one comes out, right? So. All right. Uh, yeah. Especially, yeah. When books take you over a mm-hmm. year sometimes <laughs> to write, if not longer, especially nonfiction, if you're researching, can take you so long. And yeah, it's better to support each other than, you know, pretend like no one else exists and everyone's waiting right. with bated breath right. just for it's your book. It's, it's not the no. case. It's not the case. And even like, no. let's, take it, let's take one that could be considered a, a very competitive, a cookbook, for example. Like if you've got oh, two right. people writing vegan cookbooks, well, I can tell you that I like a variety of recipes and I like a variety, like just because I buy one vegan cookbook doesn't mean I'll never buy another one again. You should see my cookbook exactly, shelf. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I think uh, the internet and being able to Google recipes has become like yes. one of my favorite things <laughs> about the Sorry, internet. Sorry, cookbook writers, that your day may have come. No, yeah. but there's still something really nice about that big book with the big pictures oh, yeah. that you can put on your counter and oh. look at while you're... But anyway, we digress. <laughs> and you don't have to worry about the battery dying or getting like That's flour. That's right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But... But back Absolutely. to the idea of like this this community, um, the real reason behind the mm-hmm. Women in Publishing Summit was um, I was, like I told you, once I decided I was doing this thing, I wanted to learn everything in the world that I could about publishing. So my writing summit mm-hmm. is one of many summits that are out there that happen all the time for writers, publishers, authors, you know, marketing, book marketing, all these things are happening all the time. So oh, I'm, yes. I'm attending as many of them as I can and learning from as many people. That's but I was noticing... Like on the panels and the presentations, one, there was very little female representation. So for like, yeah, for like every five guys, there was like one girl. And then um, the number of minorities was almost non-existent in some of the ones that I was looking at. So it... 
and you're probably you know I didn't really think about it but yeah you're right most of the ones are very very (laughs) yeah very white and very um at least the people maybe the attendees are are a lot of women out there but you're right a lot of the panels Mm -hmm. and stuff don't seem to always include that. So I reached out mm-hmm. to the one that I was attending at that particular time and I was like, hey, where are all the ladies? <laughs> I was like, I follow a lot of women yeah. in the publishing world and I know that there's some women doing some fantastic things with writing and publishing and book marketing and editing and I'm like, I don't see them in your thing. And he was just like, oops, we'll work on that for the future. It's been three years since then, and I haven't really seen an increase, but that's okay because I filled the gap with my own annual summit of nothing but women and people that identify as women. That is so wonderful. And so you started, this will be your third year coming up, correct? And it's coming up just around the corner. So this we're recording this early but this will be released at the end of February, and the next summit is yes, March second. March second, and you can the, register for free the, at womeninpublishingsummit.com. Um, and I'll have that you. in the show notes so people can follow the and link. And it's, it's a lot of fun because what I decided to do with it was. I was like, okay, so this is cool. We started out our conversation with talking about how women are different. So one of the things that's going to make mm-hmm. this and that does make this thing different is that we talk about the things that make women different. Like we don't specifically say in an interview, so what makes you different as a woman writer? But we talk, <laughs> we talk about right? mm, we I talk about <laughs> things that are, that are applicable to women. And men, if you have men in your audience, that's they're wonderful. still going to learn a ton of information because the knowledge base is incredible. But we're not afraid to talk about things like, well, how did you schedule it around having three children and this and that? Or what was it like when you're, you know, if you're doing this and that, or, you know, what are the challenges, the mindset challenges that you deal with? Because we do have different mindset challenges and well, you know, marketing strategies that work better for for women, because we are afraid to just say, I'm doing this and go for it. Or not all of us. Again, you know, these are just common things that pop up. Or we talk about topics that are like really, really, really unique to women in most cases, like trauma, <laughs> um, sexual trauma, and yeah. um, the the need for our stories to be heard and um, and what it's like to be a minority minority or what it's like to be a transgender um woman i guess he is he is now a man yeah. our transgender um, participant yeah. from the first year so you know we we dig deep it oh, all relates wow. to publishing it all relates to writing or to the things related to the production and publishing of a book but from this per, from mm-hmm. the the viewpoint of being you know the the woman's viewpoint on things it sounds i know and i know i it's a wonderful summit and i've like I said, I was a took part as a participant last year. This year, I get to be on a panel. Yay. I'm so excited. <laughs> but yes, I, I love it. Writing tips, so that'll be fantastic. But it is just—it's a wonderful dynamic, and I agree. I, I love the fact that guys can attend. So, like, if there's a single father out there who's struggling to make everything juggle and also wants to write, or has had past trauma, because goodness knows between PTSD and there's so many things. Yeah. The Me Too movement is letting guys know that they can show this side of themselves as well. So it is a very inclusive and welcoming summit where if you have questions that just everyone seems to gloss over in a lot of, oh, just do it, you know, go get it done. This is the next step. Just go to the next step. And they don't deal with the emotional hurdles that are underneath or between those steps. This is a great place to get those like 
answered and without being embarrassed and and figure out how to juggle it all and keep going and still get up the next day and keep going. That's right. I mean, we get really real. It's a very professional conference, but we get really real. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and some of them, some of them are just straight up teaching and knowledge and information. And you're not going to find that touchy feely side to it because we want people to know, you know, this is how you market a book. This is how you build your email list. This is how you find an editor. This is how you make sure you're not getting screwed over by an editor. This is, (laughs) you know, you know, those, yeah, those the important things. And so the way we've organized it is the five days we have day one is like the big picture stuff. Why, if you're just thinking about writing a book, um, why you might want to do it. It's, it's more like inspiration and the, the types of things that we were just talking about. Those are, we definitely hit on a day one mm-hmm. marginalized voices and how we feel and, you know, all those types of things we dig right into it. And then, um, or over the course of the next four days, we hit things like all the tools that you need. Um, not all of them, obviously, because there's a bajillion, bazillion, but the main things like editing, <laughs> writing yeah. tips, editing, production tips, getting your book formatted, um, how you distribute your book, all of these types of things. We talk about um, marketing a lot, lots and lots and lots of great marketing <laughs> stuff. Um, and then uh, the day five this year, we've changed it up a little bit. And day five is all about the business of being an author. So if you're struggling, yeah, if you're oh, struggling awesome. with things like, I don't think we have anybody talking about taxes this year. I may put my, uh, I may put the one from last year in as a replay just because it was great information. But, you know, just Fantastic. knowing these things like now you're writing books with the hope to sell, like you're a business owner. Own it. Yeah. <laughs> Own it. it. That's true. <laughs> stop wondering if you're truly an author and own your business and do it. That's a, that's a very good tip to anyone listening who has a book out there. And I mean, it kind of stinks and, and, uh, you know, we want to write, we have our passion, we're doing these things and it stinks to have to sit and say, okay, now I have to go through all my receipts and log my expenses and, you know, gather up my data and all this stuff. But there's some really, really, really important things that authors don't know that they need to know. Like if you are selling your book directly from your website, you better check in with your, your local state to find out if you have to have a retail license so that you don't get, cause Ooh, yeah, because I mean that they might cost twenty five to fifty dollars to get registered as a retail license, but if you get, they're cracking down harder and harder on digital stuff. So if you get fined for not doing things properly, it's going to be worse for you. You know, um, and just as a side note, if anybody's panicking about it, if you just put links through to like <laughs> Amazon or iBooks or anything like that, you're not the retailer; they are. So you don't have to worry about right. that kind of stuff. They collect taxes, they do all of that stuff. But if you actually have have a Shopify store or a, a PayPal button mm-hmm. and you are actually selling books directly from your website that you then, you know, distribute and all that kind of stuff, you do do need to check in and see what what kind of protections you need to have, what kind of paperwork you need to have, all of that kind of stuff. So that's just one little that's, tip there that's totally off the topic, but it's important. And this is something that I learned along <laughs> no, the way. And I was good. like, that's really scary because I'm telling people oh, all the yeah. time to sell their books on their website to make more money and not have to worry about, you know, Amazon or whatever. And um, I might be getting them in trouble if they don't know <laughs> the rest of the story. <laughs> the donuts. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a huge nugget that I don't think anyone else has really ever been mentioning because you're right. I've even heard like, you know, sell signed copies, do this on your website, but that's. 
Perfect, because that's a lovely little teaser tip. So if people want to go and join the summit, that's the type of information you're going to find there. And that's why it's really fantastic to join this one, because it is information that there might be other ones out there. But I think yours has a different feel and a different vibe and different topics that you might not hear in many other channels. So it's really exciting. We're looking out for each other. We're looking out for each other and we're making sure that we don't make mistakes that are costly. Yes. And I, again, I think that's what women are amazingly good at. We help each other out and make sure that, you know, we keep each other safe and supported. And, you know, we're also very welcoming. So for anyone else who's looking for support, we we like to open our arms and, you know, make sure they're doing okay too. Well, is there any other tips, anything else you want to tell us about the conference? Like I said, I will put it in the show notes and it's coming up on March 2nd. And you said registration is free registration on the website. Registration is free. We have um, three tiers. So you can register for free and you can come each day. You have to, you do have to register to receive the links. You'll get the re- links each day. Um, and we drop like between five and eight videos every day that are available for 24 hours. And then they go away at 10 a.m. the next morning. And um, if you if you're like, I cannot sit in front of my computer all day long every day you can buy just those videos for $47 and watch them whenever you want or you can upgrade to um, what we're calling the full conference pass and that includes all the videos we have some workshops that are only available to the conference pass holders we have a, um, a private community where we do additional workshops and training not only the week of the summit but throughout the entire year um, we've got bonuses from all the speakers and sponsors. So it's, it's really, if you, if you get that prior to the summit starting, so if you hear this at the end of February and register, it's, um, only $67, it's going to increase in price as time goes. But, um, and it's just, it's another opportunity for us to take, um, what we have going on and to continue it between the conference so that we're not just dishing out stuff that first week of March, but all the way through. And by the way, the reason we chose the first week of March, March is uh, Women's History Month. And the, the last Woo-hoo. day of the week of the first week of, of March is always International Women's Day. So on the 8th, we'll have Brooke Warner, who is the um, CEO of She Writes Press, and she is the author of um, Write On Sisters. And she does a lot of talking about this particular topic, like the, the challenges that females face in the publishing industry and why it's so important to share our stories and why it's so important to band together. So she's going to be our closing keynote and I am pumped up about that. Oh, yes, that is going to be great. Yes, incredible. I can't wait. So yeah. Well, fantastic. I'm so happy that you joined me on here and we got to talk about this. And I mean, I can still think of topics that I think women face just you know, I don't think we're so good at making sure we toot our yes. own horn and tell people that, you know, like you're a USA Today bestselling author. I don't think that was even first in your biography. <laughs> or So it was kind of buried in there. And I think that's so typical of us. So, hey, we all have things to <laughs> we need to remember about ourselves. But thank you so much for joining us. And I really appreciate the time. And I hope to see your hear some of my listeners uh, over at the conference. Like I said, I will be participating in a panel for tips. So I'm looking forward to seeing. Oh some yeah. Make sure there. you use the link that, um, that Autumn's going to send out. Cause that's a better link for, that's a better link. Not. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Yes. I will have that um, 
post it up there on the show notes. Yes, I think that's right. You did send me one. And yes, disclaimer, we're always honest. I think it it's is an affiliate, affiliate link. link but but I want to I, I be able yes. to reward you for sending your community. So make sure you go through her affiliate link. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. And I had even forgotten that we got those as speakers, but hey, that's so cool. Thank you. All right. Well, again, I can't wait to see everyone at the conference. I can't wait to see, quote unquote, see you at the conference, Alexa. And thank you again. Thank you so much. This has been a blast. Yes. Thank you for tuning in. Next week, Jesper will be back and we'll have another exciting new episode and hope you will join us then. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.